our, our prayer time will be at the end of the message. So hang on to the very end. Uh, it should uh, be an opportunity for us to apply what we're learning from uh, Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Luke chapter 1. Uh, but it, it'll make some sense in just a few moments, and we'll uh, pray all together with the application this morning. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of the current issue in your life that is causing uncertainty. Think of the current issue that's causing you uncertainty, that's causing you confusion, that is causing you to feel a bit unnerved at this point, maybe bereft, uh, maybe even hopeless, and you're just thinking, I'm not sure where this is going to land I want you to think of that for just a moment. I probably should press on. That didn't take long, I'm sure. I have such amazing news for you because here is our Advent hypothesis. It's in holy uncertainty where God does his best work. What you just listed, what you just put in your mind that has been causing you to feel uh, ill at ease and wondering what's going to happen, how's this going to play out, that is where an opportunity for God to do his best work. And it's in holy uncertainty. Not in, in uncertainty, because all of us face uncertainty, but it's in holy uncertainty that God does his best work. And so our, our entire uh, Advent challenge it's for us to figure out what does it look like for me to enter into, insert, into uncertainty with the idea of it being holy, a moment where God is able to work in huge ways. That is the story of Christmas, is it not? God entering into holy uncertainty. 400 years since they had heard uh, a prophetic voice. The religious leaders had bought into that if I just try harder, if I keep the rules and regulations, and all of us can, can find ourselves doing that as well, thinking if I just try harder, if, 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 if it's to be, it's up to me kind of an attitude, just you know, nose to the grindstone, that I can make things work. That is what the religious system was like. And the political system, oh my word, it was a mess. It was a total mess. Herod the Great, oh, you could not have found a worse king. And yet, God comes and does his best work in holy uncertainty. And I want you to know that God is wanting to do amazing work in your uncertainty that you just thought about. That is the story of Christmas. God with us. That is what that holiness is when we invite the presence of God to come into whatever situation we're in. That is God with us, or as Glenn Packham put, uh, we shared this last week, we are not in control, but we're loved by the God who is. Amazing. So our focus in Advent 2020 is living in holy uncertainty. So let me give you the definition of holy uncertainty. If you did not screenshot this, screenshot, screenshot, if you didn't take a picture of this fray, of this definition, you need to because we are staying with it. And it is a huge takeaway for us. Holy uncertainty is the capacity to live with a very loose grip or no grip at all on the thing I just asked you to think about. Holy uncertainty 
is the capacity to live with a very loose grip or no grip at all on our plans and more importantly on the outcome of our uncertainty because our security is rooted in a relational connection to God. That's the holy part of uncertainty that our security is rooted in a relational connection to God, not in a false sense of control. Hebrews 11, 1, is, is amazing. Uh, message paraphrase says, This trust in God, this holiness, the allowing the presence of God to come into uncertainty of whatever you're facing, whatever is causing you to lose sleep, this trust in God, this faith in God is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Can you imagine actually coming to the place where you think, that which is awkward in my life right now, that which seems so uncertain, that which I cannot seem to get a grip on, that that makes life worth living. After all, could it be that God's work is in the process, not necessarily the product? We are product-driven. We are destination-driven. But living in holy uncertainty means that our, the presence of God and the power of God, and as, as Hebrews 11 one says, makes life worth living. It's our handle of what we can't see, that there's something greater than the product that's going on. That is what we're challenging us to do. So each of the four weeks, we have a, uh, a challenge. Last week, we had a challenge. We have an inward challenge and an outward challenge. The inward challenge uh, found on our... Uh, Thank you. Advent, uh, what a good creep. My brain is just ornaments. That's a big word for me, <laughs> ornaments. Maybe I should sit down. I can think more clearly sitting down. So each week we give you an ornament, and hopefully you've already received the ornaments. If you've not received the ornaments, uh, you can uh, contact us at office at newcupchurch.org, office at newcupchurch.org, and we will send you the four ornaments. Each week has an inward and outward challenge. The inward challenge is to make sure that you're applying and doing what God wants to us to learn from the passage. We'll have one for today's message as well that will take you all week long. Last week we handed out $100 bills and asked you to take that and pray about it and figure out who does God want me to bless? And if you've not received your $100, we have them available for you this morning. And same thing uh, for our campus online. Uh, you can uh, contact us at office at newcupchurch.org and arrange for a time to pick up the money. We've had people who have dropped off a $100 tip at a restaurant. I mean, thinking this is the person that God wants me to encourage. We've had uh, young families, uh, single parent families that uh, have been blessed by members of, of the New Cup family. We've had small groups talking about combining all their money to meet a bigger need uh, for someone that they're aware of. The sky is the limit. And the idea is to get your eyes off yourself and say, how may I bless other people around me? You have no idea what that may mean for someone to bless uh, for them out of the clear blue that they would receive $100. So each week, we're asking you uh, to take that $100. We'll give you more ideas here in a minute uh, when John comes up and talks uh, about this. Uh, if, you want, if you don't want to wait for the ornaments, you can go to newcovchurch.org slash advent, and we have it all mapped out for you, and you don't have to wait for the actual physical ornaments to show up. We're also doing a reading through the book of Luke because we want to make sure that we are able to experience holy uncertainty 
And so we're asking you to read through the book of Luke, one chapter each day. There's a version uh, passage that uses uh, a bit of a film of the Jesus film that's been really good and helpful. It's never too late to get started on that. But by Christmas Eve, when we come uh, to worship, uh, you will have read through the life of Jesus, and you'll be able to celebrate the Advent in a much stronger and greater way. So here we come back to holy uncertainty. It's the capacity to live with a very loose grip or no grip at all on our plans and more importantly on the outcomes of our plans because our security is rooted in a relational connection with God. That is huge to grab hold of that. It's not in a false sense of control. We're not saying Jesus is a lucky rabbit's foot or you just read through the book of Luke and you rub your Bible and out poofs uh, uh, genie Jesus to meet all your needs. That is not what we're communicating. What we're communicating it is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who enters into the uncertainty and does his best work in times of uncertainty. So what does that look like? How about this? Your present uncertainty is the perfect environment for God to do amazing work in you, through you, and around you. So every application of all four weeks causes us to do something outward-based, away from us, to bless those so that God doesn't just change our hearts, but he changes our hearts for those around us as well, and we engage with people, and then we get to be the presence of Jesus. Week one, if you missed it, we talked about this, living in holy uncertainty in the middle of disappointment. Because all of us have disappointments. And what does it look like to enter into holy uncertainty when life is not playing out the way you want it? You can get online and watch that. Here is today's living in holy uncertainty against all odds. Because my guess is you've thought, yeah, that's good for everybody else, but you have no idea what I'm facing right now. And what I want to say is that you're looking vertically instead of, hor- uh, you're looking horizontally instead of vertically. The idea is that we put our eyes on the God, the God of the the creator of all things. And here is our takeaway for today, and then we'll jump into the passage that will uh, prove our hypothesis of of, uh, our session today. God is still the God of miracles, and it's never too late for him to work in your uncertainty. God has not changed. He's still the God of creation. We talked about this last week. The supernatural is God's natural. So we need to embrace that and not think of all the limitations. There is no limitations with God and thus why we call for the presence of God. So Luke chapter 1, finally we're there but I wanted to make sure we were up and running before we hit Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, remember Elizabeth was incapable of having a child. Physically, she was incapable. And then we also know that she was advanced in, in years, according to uh, her husband. So uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the King David. Warren Wiersbe talks about, he says, what do we actually know about Mary? He said, when we think about Mary, we tend to go two extremes. One extreme is we lift her so high and Jesus becomes secondary. 
Or we go the other extreme and just say it doesn't matter at all. And yet Elizabeth, when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, uh, we'll see this in, in a few moments, uh, when she comes in contact with Elizabeth, she calls Mary the mother of my Lord. So Mary's a big deal, but Jesus is a bigger deal. So what do we know about Mary before we jump into all this? One, she was a Jew. She was from the tribe of Judah. She was a descendant of David. She was a virgin. She was engaged to be uh, to a carpenter, to a, uh, a guy named Joseph. They were apparently very poor. We'll see this later in Luke when they uh, uh, dedicate Jesus. They, they offer a pigeon. And in this particular time, the poorest of poor in order to offer an offering, that was the least someone could do. That was the, so they, they wanted to make sure that everybody was able to offer something. And pigeons at this particular point, or turtle doves, were the cheapest and only reserved for the poorest of poor. And she was young, very, very young. Engagement usually took place immediately after a young woman entered into puberty... And so she could have been as early age of 13, no later than 15. Now, taking all this into account, what we find out is that God has huge plans for someone who is the least likely person that would come through in a huge fashion. And we find out that this is the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. When they talk about, when you see the word overshadow, it's a reference numerous times to when the presence of God showed up in the tabernacle in an amazing way. And so it says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So for those of you that actually are interested in some of the theological descriptions of it, it's called the hypostatic union. Hypostatic union, and this is it. It's the combining of the divine nature and a human nature perfectly into one person. Or just to put it in a simple sentence, it's the union of two natures into one being. This is what happened to Mary. So now for the entrance of the word holy. Look at verse 36. What is more... Your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. So again, all these years, and, and we don't know how old Elizabeth was, but she was way past uh, the age of normal uh, pregnant, being able to get pregnant. And yet God comes through for her, and now what is amazing is that God's going to do an amazing thing with Mary as well. Look at verse 37. Here's the entrance of holy. For nothing is impossible with God. What you listed earlier, when you add the presence of God, nothing is impossible that you are facing. Nothing is impossible. The supernatural is God's natural. And so we want to enter into the supernatural saying, I belong to the God who created everything and nothing is impossible with this God at all. Look at Mary's response, verse 38. Mary responded, 
I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. Mary did not understand the implications, but she just simply said, God, your will be done. I will be obedient. Now, in just a few moments, we'll have a parent-child dedication. And the parents, I said, what do you want me to pray for, uh, for your son? And they said, and they had no idea where I was headed with this message when we talked last week. And they said, we just want our child to be obedient to God. And this was Mary's response to say, God, whatever you call me to do, wherever you call me to go, whatever impossible situation or uncertain situation in, may I follow you, may your will be done, may what you say happen in my life, may I be obedient. Here is one of the takeaways. Obedience positions us to experience what grace chooses to give. I'll let you ponder that for just a moment. It rises and falls on us saying yes to Jesus. He has grace to offer, undeserved favor, undeserved merit. This supernatural God has the ability to do so much more, and everything rises and falls on our willingness to invite him into the uncertainty and into the impossible. What Mary was being told seemed impossible from a horizontal viewpoint. But from a vertical viewpoint, everything is possible. She learned to dig past the surface appearances and to root her mind in the deeper spiritual realities. You remember later on when you read through Luke, says she pondered all these things in her heart. She meditated on it. If you want to include the presence of God in the impossible, you've got to think on what is true and what is right because the evil one will tell you every reason why the impossible is impossible. And so it's so important that we take and we take every thought captive and make it obedient. To what God says, what is true, what does God say about this? That God can cause all things to work together for good to those who love him. She learned to dig past the surface appearances and to root her mind in the deeper spiritual realities. She had to remind herself of what God said. That's why it's so important that we're in God's word on a daily basis. It just it realigns us once again to the truth. Here it is, Luke 1, 37. Nothing is impossible with God. God's call on your life is not limited due to uncertainty. Let me give you another takeaway. Living in holy uncertainty rises and falls on whom we choose to serve. 
And so the call for us today is found in verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Before I close this with prayer and before our team comes up, I want to invite you to a prayer time and just felt that this would be a good thing for us to do as a church. Friday night from 7 to 8, if you're available, um, I just want to have prayer time with those of you, those of us, that are in times of uncertainty. And I just want us to pray through some verses that are true, that remind us of God's greatness, that nothing is impossible with God, that we would be able to invite holiness, the presence of God, into our uncertainty. We'll Zoom together. Uh, if you're not getting the Friday blasts, here we go again, contact office at newcovechurch.org and let us know that you're, we're, you're not getting it. Give us uh, your email and we'll make sure you're, you're invite. But I'll send a Zoom invite. And all you have to do is just come and just receive prayer. That there's holy uncertainty holy uncertainty in the midst of the impossible. Mary's response, and that's what our Friday night prayer time, in just a moment, that's what our prayer will be, is say, God, I give you the uncertainty in my life, and I just invite you to take over, and whatever you tell me to do, I will be obedient. So here's what I'd like for you to do. If you're on our New Cub platform Put in a prayer request. That's right there on our platform. It's easy to get to. If you're on our uh, uh, Facebook platform or those of you that are here, you can text uh, 402-260-2400. And you can put in prayer requests. And this will be our driving verse for us, verse uh, verse 37 and 38. For nothing is impossible with God. And our response is... God, make it so. And you can text in, and it would be our privilege to pray for you. Here's what I'm asking you to respond to. Just say yes to the presence of Jesus in your life. Yes to the present uncertainty. Invite the holy, holy aspect, knowing that nothing is impossible with God. It all rises and falls on us saying yes to Jesus. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us and you care for us and that in the midst of the impossible with Mary, you also are inviting us into the impossible and the things that we have faced, the things that have been, uh, seem uncertain or or even out of control. God, may may we put our hope and trust in you and whatever seems impossible, May we not look horizontally at all the reasons why it can't work. May we look vertically to all the reasons of why it's best to invite the presence of God, the holiness of God. Father, may our lives be forever changed because we have said yes to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I realize some of you are thinking, well, that was Mary, and I'm, you know, I don't want to be pregnant. But in a sense, 
Thank you. <laughs> Just making sure you're awake. In a sense, we're all carrying Jesus, right? We invite Jesus Christ into our lives, and he, he dwells in us, and the goal is for us to share Jesus with others. And so don't think lightly of, of where God has you in this present situation. Whatever uncertainty you're in, whatever seems impossible, the goal is for you to acknowledge the presence of Jesus in your life and to share Jesus with others, not to keep it to yourself. Your giving financially makes a difference as well. We've been able to help so many families uh, because of your, your ongoing giving. And uh, in particular, we had access to uh, a couple of families and just say we want to help and hearing them weep over. We thought we had no idea of how we were going to get out of this situation. And it's the, the presence of God's family. So thank you. Thank you for your giving. I know it's not easy to give when you're on our online campus. Uh, it's a little more difficult, but your, your giving makes a difference. And uh, as we live out our uh, week two challenge, it's going to be inconvenient. But since when does inconvenience be a, is that a big deal to New Cove? It's not. We were able to give 1,401 boxes for our Operation Christmas Child. Yeah, it's huge. Who does that? I mean, I think, who, who does that as, as, a, as a church in the midst of all that's going on and for us still to collect over 1,400 uh, boxes? Excuse me, I want to be precise. 1,401 because every box reaches a child and then that reaches seven others. And so the... the 401 matters. I want to thank you for your generosity. It makes a difference, and you're making a difference, and we're letting Jesus be known.